began speaking about the fact that our kingdom is not of this world. And so I thought we could finish that up today because... Or get as far as God says to get today. You know, the word goes on forever. Not that the preacher will, but we give it a good shot. Yeah, <laughs> fifteen closings in one night and all that kind of good stuff. But anyway, uh, it's a good thing to always remember that we uh, live in a kingdom, and that kingdom did not originate. On earth, that's what Jesus was saying. The origin of his kingdom is from eternity. And so, because his kingdom is not of this world, it actually is superior to any other kingdom that's formed. And so, the kingdoms of this world, the Bible says, have become the kingdoms of our God. So, he has actually overcome any political spiritual um, or or uh, governmental forces that would ever rise up in this earth so our kingdom uh, even though it's challenged by this world and by the forces of darkness is an overcoming kingdom uh, it's not a, a, a magical kingdom that just kind of happens out of nowhere, but it is a kingdom that is comprised and ruled and governed by a king. There are laws. There are ways that this kingdom operates and functions that are not of this world. They are totally opposite to this world. And so when we look at how God's kingdom operates, it will look foreign to people who are living on the earth and who only know this world's uh, riches or this world's values or whatever. So we did talk some about how this kingdom is defined and in uh, John chapter 18 if you'll turn there verse 36 we'll see how Jesus himself defined his kingdom now this was when he was uh, taken before Pilate to answer questions to be interrogated Uh, they didn't have trial by jury back then they had trial by whoever was in power you got me and so there was no there was no representation there was no anything that you could say uh, was was uh, a fair trial it really was a mockery and so he had to go before Pilate because he was accused by the Jews of blasphemy uh, they say he said he's the son of God he said he's the king and all of this kind of thing so there were trumped up charges uh, with no evidence and even when witness witnesses did go forward to testify according to Jewish tradition none of them agreed with anything the Bible was is very clear about how truth is established is established in the mouth of two or three witnesses but they couldn't even find two or three people to agree on anything you know when you try to lie on God or in front of God you wind up in confusion got me and so uh, truth will only only truth will stand and and, uh, like the Bible tells us no enemy will be able to stand before us because the enemy will speak lies against us and so those lies will always have to come down so Jesus has been arrested and he's brought before Pilate and in verse 36 Number 35, Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. 
since my kingdom is not of this world. Now, many times people look at these answers that Jesus gives, but they're very appropriate to the spirit of the conversation, not to the exact words. If you look at what he's doing here, as he shares his truth with Pilate, he's looking beyond what Pilate's asking him, and he's looking at this man's heart. And he's ministering truth to him according to what Pilate's need is. You know what I mean? So Jesus is not subject to Pilate in the sense that he has to defend himself and answer something to this man that's going to get him off the hook. So instead he looks past what he's asking him for his own sake and begins to minister to the heart of that man. And that is so what God expects us as believers to do. I'm going to say it again because many times we miss this. You know, you get in situations in life where people don't like you. You may even be on a job where, where people shun you and they falsely accuse you or anything like that. If you would look beyond saving your own neck and defending yourself, amen, and you begin to draw from the kingdom from within for your answers to situations you'll find that there's a whole that that whatever that is that is on the table is not really the issue after all it's never the issue and I tell Christians this all the time you'll have Christians get in situations at their job where uh, you know somebody's plotting to take their job and they start defending the job and I'm thinking, you didn't get yourself that job to begin with. If it weren't for the hand of God, you wouldn't be there. So if God put you there, how are you now capable of defending yourself in this situation? Okay. See, if we would draw from the real kingdom that we're here to represent, and that governs us and that has put us here and that has a a plan for our lives if we put ourselves right smack into the middle of that kingdom at every turn we'll find that God has put you in that place to bring forth a word in that situation that word will get to the root of what that person's real problem is and it will deal with that situation and bring them to a higher level of truth and get them off of just picking at you because you seem like an easy mark because you're a nice person. You know what I'm saying? And it will get them over into the realm of where God wants them to dwell and where God wants them to live. God wants to bring everybody to repentance, folks. It has nothing to do about just vindicating you and showing them that you're you're this and you're that and you're capable. And this is way beyond you. And so. So Jesus understood that at every turn he understood that what was going on was not really about him but about them and their uh, 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 desire or knowledge or understanding about the kingdom and do they want to make a decision to turn away from their sin and turn toward the living God. That's always on the table. It's on the table with every interaction that we have with everybody. There's something about uh, how that person either understands Christ or is serving not serving that that's always an issue folks that's always on the table that's never not part of your interaction and your relationship with people and so if we would learn more 
to dwell in that place in God where knowledge comes forth and understanding comes forth and all those things pour forth, then we will give the appropriate answer. Many times when we're accused, we step into darkness. We get in the flesh and we want to fight and defend ourselves and all that kind of stuff. And so the kingdom within is defined basically in Jesus' words by what his servants fight for. When you're accused, when you're put on the 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 uh, uh, hot seat, what are you fighting for? Are you fighting for you, your reputation, your pride, your whatever, or are you fighting God's for God's kingdom? And so he says, "My kingdom is not of this world." Verse thirty-six. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would fight. That I wouldn't be delivered to the Jews. See, he, my servants would be right out there now trying to tear this place down because I would be opposing the ruling force in this kingdom and wanting to win. But he says, my, since my kingdom is not of this world, my servants lay down their weapons. My servants don't fight in the flesh. My servants don't have a fear about their own security and themselves and all of their possessions. My servants know that their goods and their lives are at peace and that the real issues of the kingdom can come forth instead of it being about them and about uh, their security and their safety. And so that's how we said the kingdom, one of the ways the kingdom is defined. It's not totally defined that way. But what is it that we as Christians are fighting for? What is it that we occupy our time with? What is it that we uh, spend most of our efforts involved in? If it's this world's goods, then of course we're on the wrong track. And I know that, that many times we're, we're struggling sometimes, we think, uh, just to get by. But really, you're struggling to get in faith. Okay, so you know, you're not struggling to get by. You're struggling to get in faith. So if you're struggling at all, you're struggling to get out of looking at natural circumstances and getting back over into faith, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost where you know all these things are taken care of and provided for no matter what it looks like out here because you're looking at circumstances is not going to bring the provision. What's going to bring the provision is that you forget about your circum. Them circumstances are going to be there. They either going to get better or get worse. I'll tell you they'll get better quickly if you will get back in faith and have peace and confidence in God's provision. Knowing that it's going to come. Getting back in the confidence of God that, that it's all good. And this is just the enemy stirring up stirring up trying to get you distracted away from your main goal and that is to maintain your position in Christ maintain your focus on things that are eternal maintain your focus on the things that really matter to him and that really matter to us these things really do matter to us folks we're not just Christians out here that don't care if people go to hell or go to heaven or if if somebody's being beaten up and abused by somebody we care about those things but but they need to be more of our focus that we can do something to make a change in those situations and so when the enemy sees us wanting to focus on the true spiritual things he'll start stirring up stuff messing around with stuff in the natural I decided this this past month uh, 
What was it, June? What, 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 well, we, July, like I said. At the end of July, like I said. I didn't go anywhere. I've been here. But, <laughs> but uh, I had decided to do some work uh, in, on my my house you know the deck is you know we you know they put the deck up and it's got that what's that stuff pressure treated wood and you know you get the right materials and then after a few years it started looking a little rough so this was the year it started looking a little rough to me so I was talking to Tony said you know he always has all these grand plans but we never you know it's like Aunt Polly making plans with Tom Sawyer to get the fence painted I said it there. I said it. I'm not ashamed. So me and Tom looking for Huck that we can get involved in some stuff so we can get the fence painted. So as we're, I'm getting the fence painted. I understand what it's going to cost. All that's, you know, considered. And then the dryer. Now the washer acted up. So it was fixable, but to the tune you can't get nothing fixed for less than two or three hundred dollars. They don't even look at you for less than that. To the tune about two hundred fifty dollars. Then the dryer starts acting funny. So now the dryer's out. It's got to be replaced. Then the pump on the we have a septic system, so that you got to take care of them bad boys because you know you look at them commercials where they digging up your yard you out of fear you just go to get it just get her done you know so then that's three hundred dollars and see what the enemy likes doing with things like that is to distract you because he knows what's happening on july 31st you understand what I'm saying? I mean, it's like clockwork he does this. It's so predictable, you can almost set your 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 plan, your own plan, your own strategy for staying on top of it. You can set that in motion based on what he traditionally does in these situations. You know, uh, and during conference times, I like to do things that, that bless people you know if you can get people there and bless them in the meantime you want to do those things well you know he's you know it's like money going out and can I do that I learned not to even stop and think that way you understand what I'm saying I don't look at what's going out because I already know what's going out I look at what's coming in. I keep my focus on, okay, God, you see what my need is here. And, Lord, I know you're going to provide. I thank you for the provision to show me what you want done to make this the type of meeting that you want it to be. So it doesn't get to be a mishmash of my fears and my lack of understanding and my thinking we won't be able to do this and, you know, all this kind of stuff. I don't want it to be about me, God. I want it to be what you planned for this meeting to be. He planned it before my dryer went out and all that other stuff jumped up. You understand? And I don't regret anything that I got done. See, I don't have time to live. I only got X number of years to be here. And I've used up a lot of them already. And so just between me and you, we ain't saying I know we can talk about how many. I'm just, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> stop. <laughs> Cut it out. But see, I don't I've learned not to lament and have misgivings about Because if there were wrong decisions, God could have stopped me. 
he's, I give him full authority in my life to say no to anything that he's not going to pay for. You understand me? And so I decided that I was going to just forge ahead and try to do more. Not barely enough, but try to do more of what God set in my heart to do. These are good things. These are kingdom things. These are things that make a difference in people's lives. These are things that encourage people to continue to serve God and not fall away and not give up and not quit. And so this is why you do these things is, is to, to uh, advance his kingdom. But it's so important to draw from within when you have to make these decisions. Because if you look at the bottom line, you look at the circumstances, you look at anything like that you will start to make it what you decide it's supposed to be instead of something that's going to glorify God the way he wants to be represented and so in times like that you must keep your focus on the internal not the external you've got to focus on the vision that he put in your heart not what it looks like you can accomplish based on limited resources in the natural and so if we have assurance Jesus told us, take no thought. He said, your father knows what you have need of already. He's a good father. I don't know too many fathers that don't want to do more for their children and not less. You know, unless they just crazy. You know, we got crazy people out here. But I'm talking about somebody who has the spirit of God available to them. They they want to do more and not less. And so we we these things are the things that believers need to fight for. We fight for the things that are eternal. We fight for the things that have to do with the work that God's given us, the work of the ministry. We fight to, for the things that are are going to make a difference, and we we have joy in the service. You know, his servants need to have joy in serving him, not not misgivings and not criticizing everything and and fault finding with everything, but real joy in serving God, because you won't find joy in the world. I don't know where we expect to find joy. You know, everything that you used to like, you're not supposed to be doing it no more. You understand? So you've got to find joy in serving God. You've got to find joy in enjoying your life in God and, and feeling feeling good about uh, things that you do for God. You know, people come up to me from years ago and say, you know, uh, years ago you prophesied to me, blah, 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 and you barely remember it, but you think to yourself, you know what, God, I'm glad I obeyed you that time. I'm glad I didn't get bogged down and it's too cold and you know, it's you know they don't give you a big offering. I've never felt now. Just trust me, I've never felt like that. You understand? But but I know people that base their, and they justify it by saying, "Well, I got bills to pay, and I I got this." And we all got that. We all got that. But we all got to trust the same God too. There's people that won't be able to give you a big offering that need your word, that need what you have. And so you got to make up your mind about don't let the devil trap you down like that. You know, and and then you got to make excuses. <laughs> I remember somebody, you know, it's a person I, you know, I met this person, but I'd never had them come minister before. <clears throat> 
And so I knew that they would be in town and I asked them if they would want to come. And, you know, it took, uh, I, I usually have, uh, if once I make the initial contact, if it's something sensitive, you know, I'll talk to that person and get assurance. Or I'll have uh, NOLA contact their office and we'll work out. Well, it took the longest time to work out what, what that person was going to get paid. Well, I usually get, and yeah, I usually get this, and you know, well, you know, you've seen, and I preach for so and so. They always tell about these large meetings they preach for, and yeah, you know, and I'm thinking for well, if you had that many people, you got underpaid. <laughs> now, if we just counting heads and, and adding dollars, hmm. You need to go back to them and get some more money instead of working people. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yes, amen. <laughs> we just looking at things in terms of dollars and cents. And then when they got to the meeting, they said, "Oh, you know, I, 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 I really wish I had told people in my church about this because I could have had this place packed out." You know. You understand? If you can't pack it out everywhere you go, then don't start demanding a certain amount of money based on how many people show up. You you understand what I'm saying? It's just, we we need to folks understand the God we serve, who we represent, what His heart is, why we're here. We get to focus more on those things instead of the external, more internal than external. So we said that this kingdom is focused on internal things. It's not concerned about external, how you look. Uh, you know whether you are showing your age or not you know that gets to be a big thing for for people out in public when they why am I going here I want to go on something else I come I can get somewhere else huh I was, I was watching this infomercial got turkey neck I told y'all about that and uh, yeah, it's it's a whole station that says there's big letters up there, and I started flipping past it, flipping past it. I said, "Oh Lord, I think I got one of them." <laughs> so for some reason, out of nowhere, my neck started itching, and it was just red all over and peeling, and it went from turkey to like lizard. To iguana, to shedding, like in like three weeks, I got all this. I started molting. I said, well, God, okay, I'm done with that. <laughs> I, I learned my real done with that. I just, you know, we're just gone and, and bless it and thank God for it. And, you know, check the pulse and let's get to the real issues. Check the pulse and see what that's doing. That we don't sweat too much, you know, all that kind of stuff. But <laughs> be thankful. <laughs> but, you know, many people who are in public are concerned about their appearance and get facelifts and everything else. You understand what I'm saying? And so not knowing that you'll get a whole brand new everything when you get to heaven. <laughs> And you know, if you're living in the faith of your father Abraham, listen, Abraham had Isaac when he was, what, was he about 90? He's going on 90 in his 80s. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, Isaac. Ishmael was born like in his 80s. And so then, and then Isaac got grown. He got, and Sarah died. He married again, had some more kids. Don't tell me what your daddy's faith won't do for you if you let faith work. 
But see, people get into this thing about this natural thing is so essential to my success. And then if you're a leader, what are you doing with the people you're leading? See, we lead by example. And that's the the main thing that always comes back to me when I think about what I do and decisions I make. Except for having an extra piece of chicken. But I'm working on it, I Don't judge my chicken thigh. Wait a minute. Or turkey neck. Or, <laughs> or any of that stuff. Come on, y'all. We live in these flesh bodies. The outer man is perishing, the Bible says, but the inner man is being renewed day by day. You let that inner man renew enough, and God will renew your youth on your physical appearance as well. And so we can't can't go there, folks. You know, he's just keep asking him to renew your youth and keep working for him and keep valuing the things that are, that are internal. So we talked about the kingdom only being given to righteous men. It's not an earthly power that, that our king is seeking. A glory is within and not without. Our weapons that we fight with are spiritual weapons. Not carnal. You don't have to use earthly force to do anything. I was looking, there was a YouTube video that I think went viral. There was a woman that was, um, uh, a couple of them were, were Christian viral videos, but there was one, there was a woman that got on the uh, subway with a young mother that had her child with her. And there was a man, a crazy man, that kept following this woman and the baby around and trying to get his hands on him and and, uh, and this woman I guess she just you know been in church or somewhere she done been and she got a hold of some word and got a hold of some authority and she kept pleading the blood of Jesus in front of that man and blocking him from following that woman and her baby and you know that man eventually got off the subway he got off and then went and attacked somebody somebody who didn't understand their authority and didn't under she never laid a hand on that man she never got violent with him she didn't cuss him thank God she didn't use profanity she just used her authority and the power of the blood of Jesus to repel the death angel and any hurt and harm that would come to anybody and so we we see things like that folks of people that live in this kingdom within all those people on the subway wanting to get involved they, they all probably had ideas of jumping that man but were scared See, those carnal weapons are always weak. Because you'll find a demon that's 15 times stronger. Huh? Jesus, I know Paul, I know, but who are you? You know, when they get real big like that, you, you've got to have something that's going to make them stop. And so this woman just stepped into that place in God and was able to stand against the enemy, uh, advancing as he was. And so, you know, you thank God for those things. So our weapons are not carnal weapons. They are mighty through God who has all power. Okay. You serve a God of all power. His royal power and state are not furnished by earthly force. It'll never be earthly force that'll get, nor will it be earthly manipulations that will get you anything in God. You've got to trust totally God's spirit. Be at peace with all men as much as possible. The kingdom advances at the expense of Satan's kingdom. 
So this is a a occupy and and uh, receive or apprehend for God. We occupy and apprehend for God. We lay claim to these things for the kingdom's sake, not for personal. If it, the minute you start getting involved in what it's going to do for you personally, you've lost the whole that the whole thing. But we know that God takes care of us. So you got to have peace about the fact that God takes care of you. And there are spoils to this war. You got me? Whenever you strike a blow for God, you get the blessing and the benefit of it yourself. If 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 just spiritual edification. Just just the the build up in your spirit man and the knowing that God will take care of you. Man, at least you won't die with a nervous breakdown. At least you won't lose your mind over a, a foreclosure threat. You you you'll stay intact, huh? And so if you're built up spiritually, you're way ahead on the natural things. See, if you just stop and focus on the natural for a little bit, those things will come to you with ease. You know, you don't have to struggle over how you, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, how you're going to wear, what you're going to wear. No way. God, God already has the provision for you and loves to bless us with provision. It's so wonderful to leave things in God's hands. I think I shared a testimony. I was thinking about this last Sunday after I preached and I was sharing. I think I shared Mr. Gary. We were talking a little bit. And and, um, there was a woman that I worked with in a women's ministry. And uh, she had grown up in a Lutheran church and got spirit-filled. And she loved the spirit-filled life and would always work work for the Lord and but she had this little thing that she did with God she didn't tell anybody about it until you know it came up that she had opportunity to share it but um she had adopted two children and the older girl was really really rebellious she had had a couple of kids out of wedlock and, and she, it's almost like she lived to embarrass her parents you know and they were godly people and, and very uh, peaceful people peace loving people um, people you would really gravitate toward for training and leadership and, and that kind of thing and and so but this this daughter man and so i i just would always pray for her and pray for the mom and pray for the families you know in that ministry and and uh we had our meetings were at a hotel and we would sometimes have a children's nursery where the children and this daughter hers loved kids and she was good managing children and so we would ask her i i, would, I asked the mom once i said you know have you ever thought about asking your daughter about it was like you mean that girl (laughs) and not in a good way you know what I'm saying Um, and but she did she humbled herself and she started asking her daughter to take care of the children and all that and it it went on for a while and the daughter was still kind of hostile toward her and and some things and uh, we had a Christmas meeting and there was a ton of children in the nursery and her daughter accepted you know we would alternate with different ladies and her daughter came through for us that time and it was just a major blessing for everybody and we were having our board meeting and while I was sitting there the Lord had me write the mom a note and it was one of those 
prophetic things and it kind of rhymed and everything and it and you know I passed a note to her afterwards and and she came up to me at the next meeting and she had tears in her eyes and she said you know now I went over her house a couple of days later she had tears in her eyes she said I want to thank you for your note and, and you know she said and I know you understand what's going on with me and my daughter she said and and uh, she said it really blessed me what you said she said because sometimes you know you go through these things and you wonder why am I doing this you know I'm hurt I'm embarrassed it's hard for me does anybody recognize and she said when you sent me that note she said the next day somebody called me with free opera tickets she said and that was my offering to the Lord she said I was I, I love the opera and God knows it she said and one day I was going to buy tickets and they were so expensive and she said I thought to myself Lord I'll give this to you I'll offer this to you and when you want to bless me, this will be my my signal. This will be my covenant promise between me and you that you can bless me whenever you see fit. And whenever you see I've done something that you approve of, I'll let you bless me this way. And she said over the years, he's done that to her not very often. You got me? Not very often because she can afford to do, you know, some of the things she wants to do. But when it's a big sacrifice for her, you know, and he knows it. He knows how to send that gift and that blessing to her so that she knows that he sees, he appreciates, and he approves. And so it's good to keep those things in our lives where we have this inner thing. You know, between us and God, where we've made a sacrifice where our inner man is is in the forefront, and the things we desire in the flesh are way on the back burner see and and God will let you know when you you know and and we do have to make sacrifices in this there's some things that we would love to do. We can't do. Um, they're not things that are out and out sin or wrongful things. They're things that might bring a little extra joy to us or something. But it's good to have that way of communication, I guess you could say, between you and the Lord, where when you have done the right thing and put his kingdom first. So many women would come to those meetings uh, you know not being able to afford a babysitter you know but they love God and want to get out and learn more things about the Lord those things are so important to people and they remember them and God knew it and he knows how to bless people accordingly when they they make that sacrifice to see that his work advances and his work continues God never wants his work to stop folks he never wants his work to stop and so we have to remember that People who try to stop God's work don't do very well. You understand me? So you need to be on the side of keeping that work going and making sure that that those things are uppermost in your heart the way a true servant of God is supposed to be. So he uses us to advance his kingdom. It's an inner kingdom. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you can encourage somebody's joy, if you can increase their righteousness, if you can help them get closer to God, it's a good thing. And so we we need to understand that. Um, His kingdom advances, though, at the expense of the enemy's kingdom. We, we have to, if you look at the Bible in the Old Testament, whenever Israel, God gave Israel a parcel of land, there were inhabitants on it already. And so what we are doing is violently taking the kingdom by force. 
We're violently taking it. Which means that there is a wrestling of the enemy. Hold on. And so we have to know that the greater one lives in us. And that uh, um, uh, the enemy is fighting to hold on to his possession. When Jesus would, would heal people, he would let them know that he has stopped the advance of Satan's kingdom. You understand me? And Luke 11 turned there. I had this written down and we'll go through it and see what we want to get out of it. The strength of God comes when we do the works of God. This is Jesus when he was casting a devil out. Verse 17, uh, 15. This little boy was, was dumb and he cast a deaf and dumb spirit out and he began to speak. Some of them said he's casting out devils through Beelzebub, the chief of the devils. Now, any kingdom divided against itself will not stand. And Jesus is teaching this to them like it's common sense. Man, if I was working for the devil, why am I dividing my own kingdom? That doesn't even make sense. And so he says, every kingdom divided itself is brought to desolation and a house divided against itself falls. If Satan also be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Because you say that I cast devils out through Beelzebub. He said, and if Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? Well, you know Jesus was always going to throw a zinger in there for him. Amen. He says, but if I by the finger of God cast out devils, then the kingdom no doubt is come to you. So whenever the strength of God they, they, he referred to it as the finger of God. Huh? Yeah. See, that rang a bell in the minds of the Jewish people because the finger of God was what gave them their law. Remember, on the tablets of stone was written with the finger of God. And so that was a sign of God's kingdom coming in in power. The advancement of God's kingdom. When Jesus would use phrases like that, the Jewish people caught on. He said, if I by the finger of God do this, then the kingdom of God has come toward you. So whenever the strength of God is in operation, whenever the word of God has has been established, when the word of God is preached, when it's confirmed with signs following, then the kingdom of God has advanced into this present world. Every time you pray a scripture in faith, God's kingdom advances. Don't ever play cheap your prayers. Don't ever play cheap your speaking the word to somebody. Don't ever play cheap your your praying the word over somebody. If a person is in need and you give them a scripture and you say, well, we're going to just agree with God that this is going to happen in your life. When you step out and do those things, the kingdom of God gets advanced into that person's life. It gets advanced there. Now, you, and we got to hold on to that because when the enemy sees sees God's kingdom advance he wants to make a move against it he'll come and tell people that wasn't real or you know it never fails after a healing service especially if people you know if you're people are are in what I call dead churches or churches that don't you know preach the gospel in demonstration and power now we got a lot of people with a lot of words out there folks 
You know, Bible talks about great swelling words of man's wisdom. And and if you're not careful, you'll start liking that stuff. A lot of people like that. It doesn't compel them to get up and go get anybody saved. It doesn't compel them to go pray for the sick. It doesn't compel them to go and visit somebody in prison. They can just sit there and rah-rah every time you step up there. And, and, you know, we had a good meeting. And so when you talk about God's kingdom advancing, when that... When a move is made into Satan's territory, he makes a counter move. The Bible says we wrestle against something, principalities and powers. And so they will slap you back. They will try to hurt you. They'll try to put fear on you. They'll bring sickness to, you know, your innocent child or something like that. Well, what you do is go lay hands on the baby. You know, just keep advancing it. Don't stop and try to think, well, what did I do? That no, You ain't done nothing. But you get ready to do something if you hit the devil again. You understand me? You just keep doing it. Hmm? If that got you in some trouble and you know God prompted you to do it, do it again. You didn't do it loud enough, strong enough, or hard enough, apparently. But you deal the devil devil a real death blow, he'll leave you alone for a season, you know. Don't don't think you'll ever get to the place where you're you're so anointed and so wonderful he don't mess with you. He messes with you even more. <laughs> Tries to get real subtle with it, you know. So Satan does fight to hold on to his position. As the God of this present world. He does it. He lords it all over people. Who live out of the this world's values. And out of this world's goods. <clears throat> so we talked about a little bit about the values. Of this world. Of, of this kingdom. The way that our values are different. Is one of the main ways we're different from the world. Is in the way our blessings come to us. Our blessings come to us differently than the world does. And the Beatitudes give us a good spread on how blessings come. We come in meekness and humility, number one. God gives, uh, uh, um, he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He favors the humble. He'll, people who humble themselves to him. Not kowtowing to human beings, but you humble yourself to God. And if you're in a covenant with God, you just obey the tenets of that covenant. Obey what you're supposed to do in God. You know, we, we people, people have this thing about, you know, uh, um, uh, I choose to obey God. I could sin if I want. No, you can't. You're in a covenant with God. That's like you being married and say, I choose to to uh, to sleep with my husband. I can sleep anywhere. I want. No, you can't sleep anywhere. You have told this man already that that's off limits to you. Now let's get sober here, folks. Don't take yourself backwards trying to to establish some little flaky point you want to establish. But if I've given you my word about something, I don't think twice about not doing that. Cut this stuff out. We borrow trouble for ourselves trying to give ourselves some kind of mock freedom and mock leeway in life. You don't have that choice. You don't have that choice. Your body belongs to God. Your mind belongs. Everything belongs to him. It's under his authority and his control. Now the Holy Spirit knows how to work with us. He works from within. You know, you get crazy sometimes and think that's all you. Huh? Look how wonderful I am today. Huh? And you know, if, if God's power's on it, you've been helped by the invisible helper. 
huh? Who who loves seeing us? His, God's delight is in seeing us obey Him and go forth, and in His kingdom and in His glory. That's His delight. And so while He's sitting back, delighting in the way that we go, you get the impression that. You're just doing this by yourself. You know what I'm saying? You can you can get that strong in it where you are one with God in that sense. But don't get crazy. It's like my husband used to tell me, you know, he said, nah, I'm, baby, I love you and I'm going to give you, but you ain't getting my last. You know what I'm saying? There's always the the person that's giving, that's conferring the blessing. See, if that opened up somebody's eyes, praise God. I didn't mean to do that on purpose. Wasn't talking about nobody in particular. But uh, <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? But you you got to have that, that, that final control and that final say. That's what God has. You understand me? And so these things are released to us still at the hand of God, even though it, when you flow in it, it almost seems automatic you know it almost seems automatic and so our blessings come to us through our heart condition not what we do on the outside a lot I mean what the outside will reflect the inner conviction of the heart but on the outside we can look like we do nothing but make mistakes we can look like we do nothing but goof up but as long as God's with us, he's with us based on the humbling of our heart to him and desire to do his will. And, and that's far different than how the kingdom of this world operates. The kingdom of darkness operates <clears throat> through power, through connections, trickery theft whatever you know it anything goes uh, in the devil's kingdoms and so we we have to live for God we have to live out our covenant duties before God love him with all our heart soul mind and strength and our neighbor as ourselves you know loving God means worshiping him taking time out and putting that first don't let the enemy rob you of your your devotion to God through busyness, through fear, through pushing us around, making us think there's not enough. You know, uh, those ideas of lack will push us to push God aside and, and start going for it ourselves and, and all that. And, and so if we'll stay centered in what God's given us, you know, this is essential to my life in God that I have this time to pray I have this time to read the word I have this time to study that's what's essential uh, you know your, your little recreational things that you do those things aren't essential to your life you, you know man doesn't live by bread alone you know that's part of it but you know bread alone uh-uh. we don't live like that that's what differentiates us from the the world is our values so our moral values are different we have to seek things other than what the world seeks Jesus tells us not to love the world he also tells us that in marriage you're concerned with the things of the world you got me and so you, you, you're you a little distracted there and everybody knows that and that's why we encourage single people when you're single enjoy serving God married people serve them in a different way but there's a distraction there that causes you to have to be concerned about things of the world you know I know when my husband was alive he was his thing was the provision you know always making sure that we had something for the future and and I was concerned with you know 
<laughs> Let's get as much as we can get right now, you know, and that kind of thing. And so, you know, he had to tame wild horses to make that provision, but he did it. You know, with God's help, he did it. I'm thankful he did. You know, you don't know what the future, you don't know where you'll be 10 years from now. No way you can know. And so you have to be led by faith in the doing of things. Trouble comes from this world and this world's system. John 21:25 tells us that. But Jesus tells us if you really love him, you'll be of good cheer, even in trouble. Because he's overcome the world. In fact, devil, you just got gave me an excuse to grow some in the knowledge of God. You, you know, because I know I get in my word more when when things are difficult. You cling to God more, and it's the right thing to do. You know, it's the right thing to do. You go to where your help is when you have challenges. You don't shy away from your help. It's a good way to to suffer defeat. God deals on the inner workings of a man's heart. That's very, very important to our God. It's the inner workings of our heart. Inner purity and to be undefiled. That's the standard of our kingdom. Got me? Those are our standards. And there's nothing wrong with that. His spirit... Uh, wants to rule and lead in our lives and if you're not yielded to him and you don't have uh, uh, if you're not thinking of something selfish or something uh, you know on greed or lust or something like that you're easily led by God's spirit you're easily led you're at peace with him Uh, you put what he puts first and and your supreme goal is to please God and to please him in what you do And, and that never leaves it's always been there. Um, we have an invisible heart condition that God's concerned about. He's concerned about the invisible condition of a man's heart. And he will reveal the hearts of men to his servants so that we can minister to the heart. All our ministry is done to the innermost parts of human beings. Even though they will come to us with outward problems, the focus is the inward man. It's always the inward man. It's always the, the things of the heart and understanding the things of the heart and how God operates and how he, he um, um, ministers to people. Uh, he can put you in places where you can minister to people you never considered that that was the purpose of your being there. You know, it happens so often. That, you know, there's so many opportunities that we have uh, for ministry because God's looking at what's inside. He's not looking at the outside Um, I was uh, thinking about a person I know that lived in Washington D.C. and um, it just had all kinds of supernatural encounters with people very wealthy people you know, and, and she got involved in a women's Bible study and um, the woman uh, that was hostessing the Bible study had worked for President Nixon. And there are all kind of wealthy people there, but they were hurting people. They had hurting families. And so if she had looked at she and she said, you know, I, I thought off and on that I don't belong here. I don't fit here because they were just average people, <clears throat> working people. And she said, I learned how to pray a certain prayer between me and the Lord. And she said, God, I don't feel comfortable, but you know what I need. That kind of goes against the grain of a lot of our faith teaching. 
You know, you got to be specific. Tell God exactly. Well, she didn't know what she needed. And she was smart enough to allow God to make the decision for her. If you know what you need, there's no harm in doing it. But if you don't know, why make something up? And so she said that as she was began ministering she said she realized she needed a car she they shared cars and a lot of in around dc is public transportation but she needed a car and she began to pray about the car she said i just got peace about it assurance god's going to take care of it so she said that somebody called her toward the end of the week and said you know i have a car and i work in new york during the week and that car sits in the garage during the week and she that's when she did her bible studies monday through friday and they said i just believe god wants me to bless you to use this car i'll add you to the insurance you won't have any problem just get over here and take it out and get in and she she asked them what the car looked like now can you imagine that because god had told her and she didn't know what make it was. She said, I thought it was maybe like a Toyota or something. Just looked like one of those fake European cars. And, you know, it was Toyota or something like that. It was a Mercedes. And when she found out the color, they said, well, and she said this. She said, when God kept showing me the car, the color was kind of hard to describe. She said it was somewhere between a gold or a yellow or a green or something like that. And they told her, this color is kind of hard to describe. But it's somewhere between exactly what she has seen. You understand what I'm saying? And so she, by focusing on what God wanted her to do instead of, God get me a Mercedes because all these people are rich and I don't want to look out of place. He knew how he wanted her to look. You understand what I'm saying? And she said it worked out beautifully. She says, because many times you would have to leave your car in a valet go park it, you know, and where he parked, there was a lot of. <laughs> so God not wanting his children to feel uncomfortable. He never wants us to feel less than the world, but he wants to do it for us. You got me? If we let him do it, we'll be able to fill in there and measure up. But if we try to do it ourselves, boy, we can make a mess of things and get in debt and just have all kinds of calamities coming. And she had none of that because she was concerned about something. She gave it over to the Lord and she waited for God's response. And she trusted that he would give her the right. If he had not sent her that car, she would have been just fine. If she had found somebody to come pick her up or something. But I'm telling you, when we really trust God and understand there's a kingdom within that we're we're focused on. Not, not the outer, but it's the invisible heart condition. And she had a heart for, for teaching the word to these people. Yeah. Because there was such great need there. And they had such great influence. Many of them were political wives, ambassadors' wives, and, and uh, things of them, and their daughters. There was a large number of young women coming through there. And, and this was her time. This was her opportunity uh, to influence them for God. One of the other things that, that we are concerned about is our outward show, uh, is the outward reflection of what's inside. There, there's got to be an outward reflection of what's inside. In First Timothy chapter two, these kinds of scriptures aren't very popular with people because they do talk about how you dress, how you conduct yourself in public. In First Timothy chapter two. 
How the kids doing? Everybody doing good? I think they like the word. That's cool. Amen. Amen. Uh, my uh, sister's grandkids love it. They've been in church all their lives. When you raise them up the right way, they, they adapt to it real easily and, and get wisdom, too. I remember Miss Nola was saying that uh, one of her kids, one of her boys, uh, she said, I didn't even know he knew how to pray. She said, you know, she said he was like nine or ten years old. And he came home. He said, Mama, Mama, I got a miracle. Got a miracle from <laughs> And she asked him about it, and he said he was in trouble. He was going to be in trouble with school because he had lost something or something like that. He said, I really prayed, Mom. I said, God, please help me even find this. And he found He said, Mom, I got a miracle. And he got in trouble just like everybody. You get in trouble, you pray, you get your miracle, you get out of trouble. So, amen, <laughs> praise God. But in First Timothy 2, he says here, <clears throat> uh talking about the way they conduct themselves in the services and primarily in the services uh, in Timothy's church it appeared that there was some disruption in the services uh, they had what we call typically believer services where um, the uh, it was kind of a free free atmosphere so to speak you know people would prophesy and things of that nature and he addressed that in some of his letters but there's also looks like some difficulty here with the way people dress the way they speak and what they do and so he says here uh, wherefore verse 8 I would therefore that men pray everywhere lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting so he's talking about the lifting of holy hands in the assembly and it's thought that there was some scuffles in the church there were some arguments in the church there was some loud talking disrupting the preaching and so forth and the worship and disturbing the spirit of God and he says here likewise in like manner also that women so he says there's a correction coming for the men according to how they're being disobedient and a correction coming to the women according to how they disobey he said women adorn themselves in modest apparel modest apparel with shamefacedness or humility sobriety so in other words don't stay too long with the communion wine you know there was reports Paul said of drunkenness and overeating and all that kind of stuff at their meetings so forth and so on it looked Roman it looked pagan the Romans were given to excess and so when they would, when the Romans would gather together for their feast to their gods, they were like uh, you know orgies really, you know, of food and and every other kind of lust that went on there. And so what Timothy, what Paul was trying to get Timothy to say is, is you don't want to look like the world that these people came from. You know, you got to let that go at some point. And so and it's good, it's a good admonishment for believers to keep your witness strong everywhere you can can have it strong i remember being in the dollar store me and pastor shirley you know we sneak off and go let's go go to go to dollar store how much you got how much you got we don't want to go to credit card let's just take our cash and see what we can do you know them kind of little retreats and uh some a lady followed us out and she and she asked pastor shirley she said are you a church lady 
And pastors, yeah, yeah, I'm a pastor. So why? I thought she was a church lady, and she just pours all this stuff out to her, you know. And for once, we weren't both both looking like we just scrubbed the floors, you know. We come from from one of the kids' graduations, and we dress like you know you dress here. You modestly, casually, but you know not looking rough. And so this was what what made her notice. See the way you're dressed. It makes a difference, folks. It makes a big difference. And so it says here, modest apparel. At that time, it was uh, braiding gold and pearls in your hair because that's what the world looked like. See, this is the thing. It's not to copy the world, not to try to bring the world over into the church and get comfortable looking worldly. Uh, It's to let the inner of what God has put inside you be reflected on the outside. You don't want to draw attention to yourself. You know, a man boasting and being loud in the church and wanting to tell everybody what to do and all that kind of stuff. And women don't want to look seductive and have eyes following them, you know, when that's not what God put you there for. He put you there so that you could worship him and that God would be the center of everything. Our conversation is different. We are interested in something far different than people in the world are interested in. And we know how to get that conversation into a situation. You just let the Holy Spirit lead you. Sometimes you might just be be being friendly with somebody. You know, I was going in a store. I always run into this store around here and uh, look for bargains. I'm, I'm like... My eyes are like, you know, it's a nice little lady that always hands you a flyer when you come in, you know, and she's real sweet and I always speak to her, but don't, she ain't on my radar most of it, let me put it that way. But I was talking to her, I came in and I got my flyer and I told her, I said, oh, I didn't see you last week. And she said, well, I've had this and that, you know, so then your radar zooms. They want to do surgery on her knee it's very painful today so I told her I said listen I said I'm a preacher I got a healing ministry I said you want to pray for that knee she said sure you know most people don't refuse when they're in pain that's the best time to talk to them about Jesus the healer and not give them a lecture but he wants to take care of that Jesus doesn't lecture people unless their faith isn't where it needs to be got me and so and I prayed for it and I told her I said stretch that out you know of course when you go to pray for somebody you know at first the doorway was empty now everybody and his cousin is standing there you know but I believe the anointing breaks the yoke huh and so it was uh, just that way so I saw her this week I said how you doing oh I feel wonderful you understand me? That's a difference that God makes. When you are kingdom minded and you know what you're there for. I wasn't there. Well, I was there for my bargains. <laughs> you know, I come in there like this. Snorting. some door with my cart. Get out of my way. I got bargains. You know, but this time I was nice. You know, you can be nice and get your bargains too. But anyway, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Don't be like that, y'all. I just, you know, 
<laughs> Let me have that job. No, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but it'll just come upon you. You know, when you're more tuned to within than without, it comes upon you that way. And and so God wants us folks to be more concerned in with this time more than ever in this life. Be more concerned with inwardly than outwardly. This world's perishing every day. It's going to pass away. But I'm telling you, what you do in the Spirit of God and what you do in God's Spirit is going to last. Not for God, because we can do a lot of things we think we're doing for God. And in fact, that gets religious after a while, and there's no power on it. But what you do in God, as you're led by Him, you let Him work on your heart and get your heart tender toward helping people and, and not boasting about who you are and get, get out of yourself and being so uncomfortable, you know, around people and wanting to show them that you, you know Scripture too or you know God to or whatever you think it's about but get out of that and get more over into him where there is the righteousness peace and joy you'll be content where you're at you'll know that he loves you and that's all that's important folks that he loves you and you draw from that love and 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 be the people that, that know how to keep his kingdom fresh alive available to people take it out to everybody that will hear you know and and we do that and, and we pleased him and and that's a good it's not of this world folks our kingdom we it's a totally different thing that we do amen father we thank you for the opportunity to share your word to get in your spirit god and know where your heart is today father you're always keeping us in a place where we know who we are we know how to reach those that are lost and reach those that are wanting reach those that are lacking so we thank you for that lord and we bless you and we praise you for it in jesus name amen and praise god if anybody wants prayer come on up and i